You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday. We've got around 24, 48 hours, 36 hours until the NBA trade deadline, and maybe I'll be able to get some sleep. But it is another day of the week, and that means we've got another update on the Anthony Davis and Los Angeles Lakers trade saga. The Lakers made a trade, just not for Anthony Davis and something that's inconsequential here. We've got an update on what's going on with their just whole situation. And then the big bombshell that dropped, but is it really a bombshell, that the Los Angeles Lakers have pulled out of negotiations with the Pelicans for Anthony Davis and are maybe refocusing their sights and eyes on other things. So obviously we're going to talk about the latest Laker news that may take one or two segments. I want to talk about maybe some dark horse teams that a lot of people have asked me about getting into the race for Anthony Davis. Do those look appealing? And I'm also going to let you know why I don't think that those really would happen. The Pelicans are in a weird spot. Yes, every team would like to trade for Anthony Davis, but it doesn't make sense for some of them. Some of the ones that people would like to see him go to, and I'll explain why that is. And of course, there is a game tonight as the Pelicans take on the Chicago Bulls. We're going to look at the Anthony Davis health situation. When is he going to play, if ever again? And all of that, because that's still unknown, but we've got a bit of an update on it. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the Los Angeles Lakers and Anthony Davis, what's there left to say? Apparently a whole lot. And we can start with the Lakers trading for Reggie Bullock of the Knicks. Doesn't really matter because that's going to have no impact on any of this. And I'm not going to waste your time with these jokes. But they have announced, supposedly through Woj, that they are out of the running for Anthony Davis. They felt that they were negotiating against themselves, is the quote, with the Los Angeles Lakers. And they're just not going to deal with that anymore. I find that kind of funny because would you rather negotiate against yourselves or would you rather negotiate against the Boston Celtics if you're the Los Angeles Lakers? Think about that one because the Celtics have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and it's now being reported by Sam Amick of The Athletic that both of those guys, particularly Tatum, has been discussed in terms of specifics with the New Orleans Pelicans about an Anthony Davis trade this summer when they can actually make a move for him. Again, who knows? We need to wait and see, and nothing can really be agreed to right now. But it sounds like Tatum is conceivably on the table, and maybe that scared the Los Angeles Lakers off a little bit. And supposedly they did make an offer, the kind of real godfather offer we're looking for here, if you're a Pelicans fan, of uh, Ingram, Ball, uh, Hart, Kuzma, Zubach. Those are the five young guys there. And... Two first-round picks along with um, KCP, I would assume just to make kind of the salary cap work, and then also take back 
Solomon Hill to give the Pelicans quote-unquote salary cap relief, even though he's going to be an expiring deal next year, so it's not exactly salary cap relief unless they just don't want to pay the dude, which maybe is what it is. And then the Pelicans just didn't counter and asked for more, and it seemed like the Lakers were not getting real counter proposals from the Pelicans so that they could actually negotiate. It was just them coming back with more and more and more. Here's the counter proposal from the Pelicans if the Lakers think they're not negotiating in good faith, and that is simply, we want it all, and you're going to give it to us, all of it, if you want Anthony Davis on your team. And if you do want Anthony Davis on your team, this is no big deal. And if you don't want Anthony Davis on your team, that's okay. But don't waste our time with a lower offer than that. We want four first-round picks in addition to all of those guys. So let's call it nine things total at the minimum, which is what you should get for Anthony Davis. I don't really know what the Pelicans and their fans and other people are really crying about here. You think the Pelicans aren't negotiating in good faith and your first offer for Anthony Davis included Rondo, Stevenson, and Michael Beasley? That's the team, to me, the party that's not negotiating in good faith. And you know what? If you, again, and I've said this, I've spoken so much over the past like week now that I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or on the radio or on TV or literally where I've said it. There's been other places too, I guess, that if you want the opportunity to negotiate with the Pelicans for Anthony Davis without the Celtics being involved and being able to counter you and for them to go to them and say, this is what they're offering. You need to give us this, this, and this. Otherwise, no deal for you. You've got to pay a premium for that. You do. And it's going to be four first round picks. It sounds like plus some pick swaps maybe in there in some second rounders. That's just how this is going to go. And the Lakers seem upset over this, that they want the, the Pelicans want a lot for Anthony Davis. This is just kind of wild to me. So it sounds like they've walked away right now. If I had to guess and based off what I've heard, they'll come back to the table maybe tomorrow at some point or Thursday with their, and I talked about this on the podcast yesterday, their final good offer and it's only going to go down from there and then that might be the one that the pelicans are looking for and if it is there is a chance a deal gets done before the trade deadline i wouldn't put great odds on it but it sounds like it could potentially get done there are some people with the pelicans organization that do like that deal they do like some of those guys and as i've said before and i think i said it yesterday too when you look at what you're trying to get in return for anthony davis you want at least one or two guys who could potentially become all nba players maybe you see that in lonzo ball maybe you see that in ingram maybe there's an outside chance that kuzma or hart can get there as well maybe zubach who's a pretty good big so far in his limited minutes this year i think there's a chance and you just, it's kind of a, a mindset of throw enough mud at the wall and some of it will stick. Some of these guys aren't going to work out, but if one or two do or three, this return looks really, really good in the future. And I think that's why the Pelicans are requesting so much. Not only is it just those five guys, but it's also four first round picks that have a chance to turn into something good too. So you're looking at nine opportunities to get that one or two guys that you want. This is similar to what the Philadelphia 76ers did with the process and look where their team is now. That's an appealing thing. And that's kind of what the Pelicans are looking like here. At a certain point, you do need and want and require quantity to see if you can get this kind of going all the way. And that's why they're requesting and looking for so much from the Los Angeles Lakers. It's not the fact that they're being greedy and you have Anthony Davis. You should be greedy. It's as simple as that. 
But also, maybe they just don't like those guys and they'd accept fewer players in exchange for higher potential to turn in those all-NBA guys, which the Boston Celtics represent. And that's kind of really the teams that I see in it right now. Maybe the Knicks, depending on what happens with their first-round pick, if it does turn into the number one overall pick. But again, this remains to be seen how all of that may go. In other Lakers news, they got their asses kicked last night against the Indiana Pacers, 136-94, the worst loss for LeBron James in his entire career. This one was rough if you watched it. Indiana, the biggest lead of 46 points. I mean, think about that one for a second. They were just all over them entirely. Again, the worst loss for LeBron James in his whole career. How'd that young core do that the 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 that Lakers think very highly of? Kyle Kuzma, five of thirteen for twelve points. Zubac, four of five. Okay, that's good for eight points. Brandon Ingram, who had ten points at halftime, finished four of eight for twelve points overall. Ugh, not too great. Hart is out. He didn't play in this one. That's not exactly the most ideal thing I've ever heard. Lonzo Ball also out, by the way. Not great. And that's uh, that young core, including two starters right there, three starters who total combined for 32 points between three guys. Maybe they just don't like the assets. Kind of as simple as that. And I think you could kind of see it on display. The funny thing, if you didn't see the game, look up the picture of LeBron James sitting at the end of the bench, all the way on the right side. Three empty seats between him and the next closest Laker on the bench with him. You have Rajon Rondo sitting in the fan seats at the end of the bench by the, or not, um, at the start of the bench by the coaches. No one wanted to be around him. That is a team in disarray right now. And it doesn't look very appealing to try and trade for those guys when this is kind of what's going on and they're not really stepping up to it. Now, everyone has bad games. We've seen the Pelicans get their asses kicked too. So I don't want to read too much into it. But man, what an awful time to have a just terrible game and lay that egg. So before we get to the dark horse teams, as I'll call them here, that can maybe make a run at Anthony Davis and why I don't think it'll actually work out, the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. You guys obviously know this. And guess what? We're doing a live show for Locked On NBA. That's right. On our YouTube channel, I think it's going to be on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball channel. We are doing a live interactive Trade deadline primer thing start 90 minutes before the trade deadline, and I think we're going to go for half hour after it. So break down all the deals. I'll pop on there live in real time. You can ask questions. We'll have David Locke, host of the Locked On podcast on Thursday, and head of the network as well on there as, uh, alongside a lot of the other hosts. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you listen and subscribe and watch the live trade deadline show with the Locked On podcast network on the Locked On NBA podcast. So, dark horse teams that could maybe make a run at Anthony Davis. And I'll be honest, I really don't see a lot out there. You know, you have to figure there maybe is a team that gets into the playoffs, it doesn't go like they want, and they get kind of desperate and make a big push for AD, sacrificing a lot to bring him in. Maybe something like what the Toronto Raptors did last year. But that's not really going to appeal to the Pelicans for a number of reasons. Let's use the Toronto Raptors as an example. If they offer, say, DeMar DeRozan um, and a couple of other pieces, why do the Pelicans need that established NBA star when they are going to be bad next year? They're not looking to get back into the playoffs and compete immediately. 
They don't. They don't have a need for that. And that's going to be the case for most of these guys. Say um, the Milwaukee Bucks call them up and go, hey, we'll offer you Chris Middleton. We'll offer you Malcolm Brogdon, Thon Maker, uh, and Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, who's playing at an all-star level. I forget if he was named to the team or not. In exchange for Anthony Davis. That looks great kind of on paper. And and then some first-round picks. Then you realize those first-round picks are garbage. And none of those guys are going to really help this team a ton right now without a star around them. You have a nice, competent team, but that team's going to be 7 or 8 in the Western Conference and isn't really going to win you a series and you're not going to compete for a title. Is that the type of offer you want? Not really. And then you look at a team like, say, the Denver Nuggets who are second in the Western Conference right now. They've looked good all year. They're a little bit greater than the sum of their parts, a little bit. I don't want to go too far and say that. But say they kind of do a package built around Jamal Murray and someone else. That's great. Jamal Murray's young. But that kind of kills everything that's worked for the Denver Nuggets. So would they take that risk, knowing they have a very strong foundation of this young core in place, and blow that up to take a chance on Anthony Davis, who may not re-sign when they know they're going to be competitive for years to come, at least, with this core, and they can make a move for a big star player like that later on? Maybe? I'm not entirely sure, and I kind of think that maybe they wouldn't. And again, it kind of would wreck what they're looking to do. Same thing for Toronto. You know, uh, Pascal Siakam's kind of been their Danny Green this year. He's been so good for him, so important. You build a package around him, OG Anuboy, um, and a couple of other guys. Maybe Fred Van Vliet is someone who I'd want in there. That's great and all, but then how much better is Toronto? I guess for those three, they'd be significantly better. But you get what I'm saying. It kind of still derails them and maybe throws certain things off. And if you include a guy like Cal Lowry in that trade to New Orleans, they just don't have a need for that player. And then you've got to get a third team to reroute him to. But then the picks coming back aren't all of that good. So you need these young players included in the deal. And right now, it is the Los Angeles Lakers with potentially five of them. It is the Boston Celtics. It is the New York Knicks with Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr., Frank T. Lakina, and a potential number one overall pick in Zion Williamson. Those are kind of the most appealing things when you factor in what the Pelicans are looking to do. I'd love a team like Atlanta to maybe come in with Trey Young and John Collins, but you have to figure out he's not going to re-sign there. Then they're still missing a lot of pieces. But I don't think they do that deal, knowing that where they are. So I think it's kind of actually hard to find some realistic trade partners that could make a move for Anthony Davis. But again, all it takes is one team to get desperate and maybe an early exit from the playoffs compared to where you thought you were going to be does that. And one of these deals does come through, even though I'm a little bit skeptical on that. I think it's just one of those things where we've got to wait and see and why maybe the Pelicans are kind of in wait and see mode and are going to wait till the offseason to make a move for Anthony Davis unless one of those teams kind of jumps on it now. But I don't think we're going to see that happen. So there was a lot of breaking news around the NBA today. One of the worst ones being John Wall ruptured his Achilles after already having foot surgery. And then you had news about uh, Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol potentially being traded or close to being traded from the Memphis Grizzlies. Good thing it happens to be a Wednesday and I'm on the Locked On NBA podcast talking about it. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So it is a game day for the New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Chicago Bulls in Anthony Davis's hometown 
of Chicago. Guess what? He is not going to be playing. Yes, that's right. He's listed officially as questionable on the Pelicans depth chart, injury report, whatever you want to call it. But it's come out that he was cleared by a doctor to play. But right now, the Pelicans are holding him out in advance of the NBA trade deadline. And after that, it's uncertain. This is where things might get interesting because by all means, he should not be playing for this team at all. You requested a trade, you're done. I like giving that start instead to Jaleel Okafor. It means there's just more minutes around for other guys who are developing. Give it to Frank Jackson. Give it to Kenrich Williams. Don't give it to Anthony Davis, who, one, you don't want to get out there and play well and actually win you some more games. And two, he just doesn't have a place on this team right now. But I don't know if the team actually thinks that he's certainly going to want to play and not waste two months of his career here. You know, that's important to him, three months of his career, whatever it's going to be. So I think they're put in a weird spot. You know, I've asked around the league what might happen, and there's no real clear answer. No one expects him to play. But we've seen the league kind of crack down on this stuff recently where Anthony, you know, if you hold a guy out for rest, that doesn't appear good, and they don't want that, and they kind of have cracked down on this. They find teams. They've kind of put stuff in place saying you really can't do that. Now, it still happens. You see load management now as kind of the thing for players to sit out with rest. That's the phrase that gets used a lot. But what about just shelving a guy like this? That's a little bit weird. There is a precedent of Eric Bledsoe doing this in Phoenix where they just kind of shut him down and sent him away. But that's Eric Bledsoe. That is not Anthony Davis, one of your most high-profile players. And is the league going to be okay with them just shutting him down, not putting as competitive a product on the court as they could, especially as they look to kind of get in with these gambling companies and legalize sports betting? There's implications of all of this. And I don't know what the hell's going to happen, and I'm just as curious as all of you are. He shouldn't play. It's as simple as that. But is the league going to force their hand? Is the Players Association going to get involved in this? Because I'm sure there's processes in place for Anthony Davis to file a claim or a grievance or something like that, which he can do with fines and different things. That's why I got fined $50,000. Then he couldn't do one. So this is weird. I'm not sure what to make of it, what to think of it. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why maybe the Pelicans want to get a deal done before the trade deadline if the right offer materializes, because we're basically in uncharted territory that's going to make things a little bit awkward. But it doesn't sound like it's making it awkward for the team or for the players. The players seem to love him and want him around. And in the room where they kind of all hang out at the practice facility, he was there and no one batted an eye. No one thought it was odd. He was just there doing his thing, joking with everybody. You've seen it on the bench too. I I don't know if it's maybe they just recognize how great he is and only want the best for him or what it is exactly. But it is bizarre to us, but maybe it's just not bizarre to the team. But I spoke with Trevor Booker, NBA player, the other day. We were recording something for the Locked On NBA podcast with him. He doesn't think he should play. He thinks Anthony Davis knows this and should accept it. But we've seen AD not really get how all of this has been going for him and try and change things or kind of backtrack what he's saying or outright lie. And that hasn't worked out. So we're going to see. This is going to be an interesting test of his character and how things go. And we know he's not playing tonight. He's not going to play in advance of the trade deadline. But after that... If no deal gets done, that's where things get a little weird.
So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I have no doubt we're going to get another AD update tomorrow, and I'll be back on the podcast to break it all down for you. 